Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you're looking to start off 2022 the right way, go to the place that I think is the best barbecue hands down in town. And that is Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You can find them in Centennial off of Arapahoe Road. And you can also find them in North Denver. Uh, I've been going there for years. And I'm telling you, uh, the meats are smoked perfectly, whether it's their ribs, their chicken wings, their corned beef, their meatloaf, their brisket. I mean, you name it, they smoke it. They make their own sauces as well. The sides are outstanding. They also have great non-barbecue options in their desserts. You could just go there for a dessert. Highly recommend Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You know what? Just for fun, we're going to give away 20 bucks right now if you want to go. So we'll give you a, a New Year's gift to go to Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. 303-831-1340. 831 1340. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, Mace, Bill Barnwell. Not necessarily creating a firestorm, he writes for ESPN, but he is predicting that if the Broncos don't get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, they might very well consider trading their 2023 first-round pick after June 1st to the Atlanta Falcons for five-time pro bowler Matt Ryan. This is what he writes. Landing on Ryan would be a fallback plan for the Broncos, who might think they're Super Bowl contenders with a good quarterback for cap reasons. The Falcons probably have to wait to make this trade until after June 1st when they can spread the $40 million in dead cap money they create with a Ryan deal over the 2022 and 2023 caps. With that being the case, Denver can't trade its first rounder this year. If Ryan were dealt before June 1st for picks in the 2022 draft, well, he would likely fetch probably a second round pick. With that, how much do you look currently at 36-year-old Matt Ryan as another desperate quick fix when they tried to bring in Joe Flacco and Case Keenum, or is he a tremendous upgrade? He's a tremendous he's upgrade up, he, to what you have now. Yes, he is. I get that. And he's making, to his credit this year, he's making the best of a pretty bad offensive situation in Atlanta because, of course, they trade Julio Jones uh, Calvin Ridley uh, citing uh, mental health concerns uh, backed away in October. Kyle Pitts has been a terrific tight end, but still he's looking around. He's not seeing a lot of quality targets like he's had in the past. And uh, I mean, he's he, he's been he's been consistent over the last three years in terms of his his passer rating has been between ninety one point five and ninety three point three the last three years. He's good. He's an upgrade. I'm not sure I would give up a first-round pick for him, though. What if that's what it costs in 2023? I would. If that's what it costs, if that's what it costs, here's would, the bottom line: I would rat. Look personally, I would rather 
go with a first-round pick and a bridge quarterback, identify QB1, do what it takes to get QB1, and then get the right affordably priced bridge quarterback for next year and go that route rather than try to squeeze the last drops out of Matt Ryan. Well, here's the thing. If you decide you want to trade for Matt Ryan and you have to give up a 2023 pick, Mm -hmm. you better take a quarterback in this draft and groom him and let Matt Ryan coach him and let's see what Matt Ryan can do. Mm Because if you're losing your first-round pick next year... See, I don't think they would do that. That's the problem. Well, that's the only way it makes sense if you want to know the truth because then you have to wait till 2024 or wait to see if he turns out to be really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought Atlanta was going to take a quarterback this past year, well, it was even pretty, with Matt Ryan on the roster. Yeah, but it was pretty hard to pass up Pitts. Yes, really, especially once Lance went off the board before the Falcons selected. Trey Lance falling to four might have changed their thinking a little bit, but he didn't. He went to the Niners at three. That was it. I think unless you're talking about somebody truly elite and look we can Aaron Rodgers is elite he there's a good chance he's going to be MVP for the second No, no he year. no we 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 know they're no, going to go I'm after saying, him no, or Rodgers. But what I'm saying is unless you're talking about an elite quarterback like a Wilson or a Rodgers if I'm the Broncos it's a hard pass on any of these second tier quarterbacks whose number who whose cap numbers are still going to be north of 22 23 million. Uh, Atlanta gets some relief if they trade if they trade Matt what's Ryan. What's the what's the cap number going to be for the Broncos? Yeah. If they pick them up for this year or next year. The cap number for Matt Ryan uh next year would let's see there's 48 40. He's got uh he's got north of 91 million dollars left. Yeah. And the Fal- and the Falcons would have to uh Eat 40. 39 million of it. So basic yeah. so basically you've got twenty five million per year for two years. And I know that's mid tier. That's nothing. That's that that's, is that's that that is mid that is mid tier. That's mid tier money, but that's danger zone. Look because that is because again, the gap is between twenty five and and fourteen million. Nobody at quarterback is making between fourteen and twenty five million a year. That middle class. There's no. There's nobody. Yeah, okay. there. Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to end up in that middle class and bridging that gap when he signs probably somewhere else next year. If, if for the sake of argument, Matt Ryan were a free agent, sake of argument, mm-hmm. and I told you you can get him at twenty five million per season over the next two years, would you do it? I'd think about it. You the, would do it in a second. But the thing is, I wouldn't. If you can't get. I Rogers wouldn't have to sacrifice a first round pick to do it. And that's part. That's part of the equation as well. You're sacrificing a first round pick to make this happen. That's why if... So you'd rather roll with a rookie and and go through the growing pains for another year? I Well, I'm probably starting in Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor. Oh, then or you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, then then you know what? Then, then you've sold out another season again for sure. Then you've basically waved the white flag on another season I'm, until, until this quarterback is ready, even if he pans out. I am only fine with Matt Ryan if the situation you mentioned, the Broncos get their quarterback of the future in round one this year. I'm Then I'd be fine with that. But I guess it's even though George Payton was not a part of it, We've seen time and again well, that's how... That's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah. Like, no, you draft... Oh, the, they, they signed Case Keenum. Oh, oh well, we got... Maybe Paxton Lynch can develop. We're good. We're not going to pick 
a quarterback at five. No, that, what I would do is I, I what I would I'm do is I'm afraid we'll see that again if, if you, Matt Ryan's the choice. If you don't, it's this is what I would do, and it sounds crazy, and I know I'm on my own island here. I, if you can't get Wilson, you can't get Rodgers, you find the best available guy. Best available guy. And he's your quarterback of the future. Then you trade your 2023 first-round pick for Matt Ryan. Okay? I think, look, I think that makes sense. I just don't know if the Broncos would do that. Well, I, Matt, Matt Ryan with a first-round quarterback, I'd be down with. Completely down say with it again. That. Matt Ryan with a first-round quarterback behind him? Yes. I'd be completely down with Right. Why wouldn't they go for it? Yeah. I mean, why? Because again, I've again I've seen too many times from this organization that they looked and said, "We've got the okay, we've got the veteran. We don't need to supplement. No, 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 no. We you, don't need nope, to backstop. Nope. I don't want a rerun of 2018 again when they nope. when they had Case Keenum and said, "Oh, that's good enough." No, you saw that with John Elway. You don't know what you're getting with George. Payton. Well, I hope George Payton thinks in the terms that you're describing. Well, he should listen to the show. You yeah. should text him and tell him we're on right now. The pro- the the problem is a lot, but that. That is a non-traditional way of thinking. It's a great way of thinking because yes. you're not giving up on the season at all, okay? And if you know what? If Ryan comes in at $25 million per, which is nothing for a quarterback, you're not in the 35 to $40 million. Let's say he's great. Good. Let's say he's great for two consecutive years. Great. You got this quarterback sitting there for five years if you want to. Now, then the interesting question is this. If you draft, let's say Matt, you do this with Matt Ryan, who is the best type of quarterback to learn behind him? I have no, uh, well, that's where, like, who's, which quarterback? Not the the guy from Liberty. So not Malik Willis, but you look and say, which of these quarterbacks could probably learn the most and be maximized by being behind him? See, Kenny Pickett, I think, is going to want to play sooner. But if, let's say, Matt Ryan plays a couple of years, like you suggest, then that's where Matt Corral, who needs to learn to be more of a pocket passer, or Sam Howell, who's got to kind of rebuild his timing after being behind a bad O-line in North Carolina, either of those two would make a lot of sense behind Matt Ryan. Coming up after the break, Todd Davis, Super Bowl champ, joins us on the show every Wednesday, and I believe it's Wednesday. So he's next. Yes. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for over five years. So whether it's commercial, auto, home, or life insurance, he is absolutely the best. I do a number of policies through him, and I could not be any happier not to mention he is quick to return calls and emails. He even does it on his days off. He treats you like you are his only client. And that is a very big deal. He makes you feel important. And that communication is super important. He doesn't call you back two days later. 
and he's really good at what he does. And his insurance team, the Cook Insurance team, has over 70 years of experience. With that, give him a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend Todd Davis. Of course, he won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. His segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Drew Locke said at the press conference today that the Broncos are going to prepare for the final two games like they are playoff games. With that, we know there's a chance they can make the playoffs, but it's less than 1%. When he says we're going to prepare for the final two games like they are playoff games, you have been in a position where you have played in the playoffs, you won a Super Bowl, but you've also been out of it you know, as well before the end of the regular season. Is it easier to say, ah, we're preparing for games like their playoff games, then it is done that way? Are all the guys really in that mindset this late in the season? You know, I think that um, they are. I think that there's still hope left. Um, I feel like the guys are still preparing to make a playoff push and get to the playoffs. Hopefully they're able to do so, but I feel like the guys are focused. Um, they haven't had the outcome that they wanted to last week, um, but I think that they know that the playoffs are still not totally out of reach. It's a slim chance, um, but they're going to fight until that chance is gone. Of course, the thing that hurt the chances was losing last Sunday to the Raiders, and in particular the Raiders dominant on the ground, especially in the second half. So from your vantage point, through your eyes, what went wrong for the Broncos' run defense against Las Vegas last Sunday? Um, It felt like um, you know, different people made mistakes um, all at different times. You know, at one time it would be the outside linebacker not keeping the pain. Um, another time it would be the corner coming in um, to crack replace and make a tackle and miss that tackle. And then uh, Josh Jacobs would spring for, you know, eight, nine, ten yards. Um, so it felt like people were um, kind of off balance all at different times. They couldn't put it together where everybody were ma- was making the right play at the same time. So, um, hopefully they got some things shored up coming into this week. Um, you know, the Chargers do have, um, you know, a good rushing game and a good back back there. So hopefully they can shore up the down game because last week is definitely not um, the type of football that the Denver Broncos are capable of playing. You look at opposing offenses far differently than most people because that's what you spent your time doing. When you look at this Broncos offense, specifically when it comes to design, and obviously execution and plays that are being called. Do you think this offensive game plan has become too predictable? Um, I think I think you can argue yes that it is too predictable, um, based off of how the defenses have schemed and are able to win against our offense. It seems like people know what's coming next. Um, so I feel like you know maybe we need to change things up a little bit, spice things up a little more. Um, because it does seem like opposing defensive coordinators and opposing defensive players know what's coming next. You watch all the games. What's predictable about it? I mean, you sitting on your couch, not going through game plans. What's predictable about it? It just seems um, obvious, um, you know, run run formations versus pass formations 
or run tendencies versus pass tendencies. It seems like, um, you know, when they have everybody kind of stacked in inside the numbers, the obvious run, they kind of spread out the offense. That's when the pass is coming. Um, and then on top of that, um, the runs and the passes, um, they're not a lot of trick plays like you would see from Kansas City where you got guys running all across the field. Um, it seems very simple. Hitches, you know, a couple go routes, um, a couple out routes and seven routes here or there. Um, it doesn't seem too complex for defenses to pick up. So, like, kind of to play off that a little bit, they, the Broncos use Jerry Judy in motion uh, right right as the snap comes in, and yet they haven't made they haven't handed the ball to him. So when they bring Judy in motion, because nothing because they're not ever giving him the option of a jet sweep, does that mean that defense the defenses really don't react to the motion and it's kind of useless? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think they kind of disregard him in motion, um, and that's what you have to do sometimes as the offense. You have to uh, bring out plays to keep defenses on their toes. Um, you got to give Judy that ball every once in a while to make defenses respected. Um, I think that's why you can see a certain teams go up uh, 35 to zero, and they're pulling out trick plays because they want other defenses to see whenever you play us, you have to prepare for this play. It doesn't matter really what the score of the game is. It's about making opposing defenses have to prepare for more than um, what they what they want to. Is it too predictable because of the quarterbacks? Or is it too predictable because the offensive coordinator is kind of doing what he's always done and just really doesn't change his game plan or his schemes? You know, I think they, they're they doing what they feel like would be successful for both parties. Um, you know, you want to keep it simple for your quarterback to be able to make the right reads, make the right checks, not have to go through all four of his progressions, um, be able to go um, right to where he sees the opening with the football. Um, but at the same time, you know, as an offensive coordinator, um, I think it is easier to put together a game plan um, that's less complex and that you won't have to, um, you know, make sure everybody's ready to execute. Well, what did you think of the game plan that uh, Sherman put together, specifically for Drew Locke on Sunday? Because a lot of the success that the offense did have, at least on the rare occasions it had it, it was it seemed like it was play at play fake boot action, which he's shown he can do well from out of under center, and also first read stuff out of shotgun. I think it was great. I, I keep saying that I felt like Drew played a great game. Um, I felt like he didn't have any turnovers. Um, he was efficient with the ball. And there was a couple times where there was drops by the receivers um, that could have led to third down conversions or extending long drives. I felt like he would have had, you know, over 200 yards had some of the balls been caught. So I felt like for the game plan going to get the Raiders, um, as far as the passing game, I thought it was great. I thought Drew played a great game, um, but it just sucked he didn't get the win. We are talking to Todd Davis. The segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. As a defensive player, you're going up against Drew Locke. What are his weaknesses that you absolutely know that you can exploit week after week, and what honestly scares you about him? Um, I think Drew is a um, a good player, and I think he works hard um, and has had to overcome a lot of adversities and naysayers, so I feel like he's working hard. Um, but if I'm that opposing defensive coordinator, I'm definitely going to pressure him on first, second down, um, get him off the spot, uh, make him have to look past his first or second read, um, and then I'm going to play a little bit of zone. I'm going to make him throw it deep. 
I would make them be accurate on the deep balls um, and not let them, you know, check down, um, you know, to open tight ends or wide receivers. What do you expect uh, the Chargers are going to throw out the Broncos' defense on Sunday? I think the Chargers are going to try and bounce back. Um, I think the defense plays very well against them um, in their last matchup. Um, so I feel like they're going to um, uh, rely more on the running game um, this time and hope that that gets going. Um, because, you know, the Broncos are great against the pass and have struggled a little bit a little bit against the run. So I look for the Chargers to come out and be very uh, run-heavy uh, in this game. Just for fun, I don't think it's a secret. The Broncos are likely going to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. There's probably a very good chance they're going to move on from Drew Locke. The Broncos are more than likely going to target Aaron Rodgers in a potential trade. Same thing with Russell Wilson. All things being equal... Todd, who would you rather have as your quarterback? I mean, um, Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. He's done a lot of good things for a but, team. But, but. Uh, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. I mean, he's uh, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He just broke the uh, you know touchdown passing record in Green Bay. I don't think it gets any better as far as quarterback in the NFL right now um, than Aaron Rodgers. So if I could pick somebody to lead the Broncos, um, you know, for the next five years to be successful, I'd probably pick Aaron Rodgers. How many first-round picks would you give up in a trade for Aaron Rodgers? I'd, at least <laughs> at least the next five years. If Aaron Rodgers <laughs> oh, you know what? Years. You can't give up five. That's the funny thing. But you're willing to give up five. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a game-changing player. I think you look at the Broncos' entire roster. They have a solid defense. Um, they'll get some guys back from injuries next year. Their offense is amazing as far as the weapons they have at running back, at wide receiver, at tight end. I think literally the only key that they're missing is a dynamic quarterback, and you're talking about a Super Bowl contending, Super Bowl winning team. So um, I think I throw the kitchen sink at getting Aaron Rodgers. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you're with the Broncos right now, and uh, the Broncos can give up five first-round picks, but the Packers say we also need Todd Davis in return. Are you happy about going to play with the Packers with Jordan Love? Oh yeah, I'm here. Let's go. No, 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 no. The I'm Packers. Ready. No, the Packers are saying Todd Davis has to be part of the deal for Aaron Rodgers. Oh no! If if I gotta go to Green Bay and the Aaron Rodgers comes here, oh no, 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 no. I'm more than happy doing this show with you guys every Wednesday. There we go. There we go. Let's talk about the Davis Fund. I want to hear about all the great things you are doing in the community when it comes to buying and selling real estate and just helping families. Yeah, so we're, um, you know, doing our part, trying to help give back to the community. Um, we have a couple um, projects going now. We have two homes in Rhino that um, we're in the middle of, you know, fl- fixing some floorboards, about to start framing. Um, that'll be, you know, perfect for some new families to get into. I have a home in Highlands Ranch that'll be ready um, by the end of January. So, uh, you know, things are going good. I'm not feel like this is our way to... Um, you know, start a business for our family, but also give back to help other people's families. We want to create homes that people will be happy to call their own and, um, you know, don't have to worry about getting into. We're going to work with uh, the city and the government, make sure we do housing for families in transition, um, you know, and people just trying to get their life on track. They just may need a little bit of help. What are you going to do for the new year? You know, I'm just going to, you know, hang out. I have three boys. You're too old for that, Todd. You're too old for that, right? What? It's amateur night going out on New Year's, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm hanging out with the kids. Wait, how old are your boys again? 12, 5, and 2. Oh, 
what can you do with the 12 year old that the two year old is going to be happy about and vice versa? Oh, you know, I think that the 12 year old, he'll have a good time. Uh, you know, we like to get him some of that sparkling uh, cider, right. make him feel like yep. <laughs> like he's having a good time. Been there, uh, but the two, yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> but the two year old will probably be in bed by eight o'clock. So. Right? Are, are you going to let the twelve year old and your other one stay up till midnight? Yeah, I'll let them stay up a little bit later. Um, you know, they're both they both like to get their rest, so I doubt that anybody in the house will be up until midnight. But we'll see. So you'll celebrate the New York New Year's. And then push everybody into bed. Yeah, for sure. There we go. Todd, happy new year to you and your entire family. Uh, We look forward to talking to you in 2022. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. See you, Pat. Thanks, Todd. Happy new year. All right. Coming up after the break, New Year's resolution time. As we talked about, we we don't have a show tomorrow. Don't have a show on Friday. So what should the New Year's resolutions be for the Broncos the Rockies, the Nuggets, and the Avalanche. And Mace, you're forbidden to bring up the name Montfort when you bring up the Rockies. Well, I better rewrite it. You better. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Okay, Mace, everybody tends to make their New Year's resolutions. Uh, do you make one every year? Most years, although usually what I found is it's useless for me to make a resolution that doesn't start until after football season ends, because that's when I can kind of recalibrate my calendar and myself. So January 10th. So generally speaking, the resolutions, I make resolutions that start on January 10th. Okay. In this case, usually, I mean, sometimes the new, the football season ends on New Year's Eve, but now with the extra week. The resolution will probably kick in about 10 days. And you have a resolution in mind. I have not decided yet. Danny, how about you? Um, Yeah, I'm going to try to read more. I got a lot of books for Christmas, so I'm going to try to pick it up with my uh, reading a little bit. Nice. And I'm going to try and color books more. So that's my resolution. Mm -hmm. As for the Broncos, Rockies, rookies. Yeah, they play like rookies at times. Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche. Uh, let's start with the Avalanche. What should their resolution be? Be bold if boldness is required. And I'm talking about at the trade deadline. If if Darcy Kemper has another injury, yeah. if you're not sold on what you have in net, be bold. And it may take giving up more draft assets, but you, you call the Blackhawks about Marc-Andre Fleury. The Blackhawks aren't going anywhere this year. Of course, right. they got him in the offseason. He is the one that they could, he is the goalie they could bring in at the deadline who would make the most sense and could 
alter their trajectory and get them where they need to go. Yeah. If again, if it's if Kemper doesn't prove that show signs he's going to be the answer, I think they need to pull the trigger on it. Even though they've already traded their first round pick for next year, they have to give up more draft assets. But this is a team that should be in championship now mode. Yeah, I would agree with you. I would actually go with the same thing. As for the Nuggets, I would say to Tim Conley, who's made so many great decisions with Jokic and you know drafting Murray. Um, he's drafted a lot of really good players. He's really good at spotting players. Don't fall in love with your own guys. Don't love them so much that it clouds your decision on giving a guy like Michael Porter Jr. a max deal well before you need to. Don't fall in love with Bones Highland too quickly. It has nothing to do with Bones. Don't fall in love with your guys so much that they are either A, not tradable, or B, they're worth more than they are really worth. Well, now that MPJ has the contract, there's not a lot the Nuggets can do. I'm saying moving so, forward. Yes. I mean, I am saying yeah. moving forward. Yeah, I was. I went for the more, the, the more comical route on them, which is to find whoever's got the voodoo doll and that's having needles stuck into it with the voodoo doll with the Nuggets logo. Find that voodoo doll and destroy it. Because they just have because between MPJ's back and Jamal Murray's ACL, they've had rotten luck. You can't deny that. Even though MPJ, no, I would even, even no. though MPJ has the history, no. he has a it's history. Still, it's still very bad luck when two of your three max contract guys are lost in a six month span. Guys tear their ACLs. Okay, it's a it's a one shot deal. Like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is back, right? MPJ, they knew exactly what they were getting. A guy who had a history of who had a history of back issues. But that's why he fell to where he did in the draft. If he didn't have that history, the Nuggets would have had no shot at him. He would have gone whatsoever. number one overall without that history. He might very well have been the top pick in the draft. So they took that risk, knowing the risk. They haven't, in my opinion, gotten enough return on him, especially to justify the contract that he got. Yeah. For the Rockies, what's the resolution? Other than Dick Monfort, I mean, my, I mean, Dick Monfort should resolve to have self awareness that he admits that he doesn't know what he's doing. But with that being out of the out of the equation, the resolution needs to needs to come from Clint Hurdle and Bill Schmidt, and it needs to be. You've, you you're gonna lose. You're probably gonna lose Trevor Story and at least get a draft pick back. You'll certainly have players who in the short term do well, but when you get to the trade deadline, if you're not within realistic distance of getting to the postseason, don't get diluted. Make deals to bolster the the farm system long term because your your farm system is still barren and needs a lot of fortification. It's a personal suggestion to Dick Monfort. Your resolution, you, Dick Montfort, your resolution needs to be to have the courage to step out of your comfort zone, meaning build up your Rolodex, meet more people in baseball, learn more about the game and who's good at what they do and who's not good at what they do. So if for some reason, Bill Schmidt doesn't work out, and I hope he does. You can go outside the organization with confidence that you have educated yourself enough mm -hmm. to go with somebody who is either a hot up-and-comer or somebody who has experience. What he needs is, I'm saying this wearing a brave sweatshirt, I admit, 
what he needs is that mo- that same moment of self-awareness that Ted Turner had in the mid-1980s when he realized that he couldn't keep throwing money at Bruce Souter or anybody else who came on the market. And he brought in Bobby Cox, who was managing the Blue Jays, to run the baseball side and said, you do what you need to do, and I'm going to sit back and let you do your job. And so... What I'd like, if Dick Monfort doesn't build the Rolodex, is to fu- is to find that somebody, if Bill Schmidt proves he can't do the job, and say, I'm giving you the keys, You've, you're proven, you're successful, you do what you need to do to rebuild the organization from the bottom up, and I will be patient and I will support you and give you every resource you need to make this work. Broncos. Stop being satisfied with half measures and stop gaps at quarterback. And what I'm saying is, I don't want to see, oh, this guy's fell to the second round, let's get him. Oh, we think we're good with a stop gap. I like what you said earlier this hour. You did? About trading for Matt Ryan, but also having your QB of the future acquired in the first round of the draft. That way you're not giving up on a season. Right. You're, do, you're, you're, you're able to walk both paths. At a reasonable price. Yes. And I think basically you'd be saying we're committing two first-round picks to quarterback. Right. Matt Ryan for the present, your first-round pick, name him, Corral, Pickett, Howell, Ritter, whoever, for the future. That is a plan. That is a good plan plan and you're not scrimping on that because you're investing the draft picks and you're investing a reasonable reasonable amount of cap capital i think when you look at like drew lock it's like oh he fell into the second round we think oh first round talent second round but he fell into the second round for a reason so stop trying to shop at the scratch and dent store at the dollar store except that you're gonna have to go to if not neiman marcus at least Macy's, you're going to have to spend a little bit. And 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 that's where you should be shopping for quarterbacks. I'll, I'll piggyback off of what you said. I don't know George Payton very well. I understand him to be very thoughtful, kind, smart, hardworking guy. Yeah. He doesn't appear to me as a guy who's willing to push in all of his chips because he's very measured and he's very thoughtful in his process. If for some reason Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers become available, you don't want to push all your chips into the table after you've had five drinks. That's a bad decision. But take a big risk. You're going to have to take a gamble. At some point, you're going to have to take a big gamble if you want it to pay off to get one of these guys. And you might have to overpay. Have the confidence that with whatever draft picks you have left that you haven't traded away, have the confidence that you can make up with it because of your acumen evaluating players in later rounds. Yeah, and like here's an example. Whether you're dealing for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, if the Seahawks or Packers insist on a third first-round pick, let's say you're talking the deal at this point is two ones, a two, a three, and Jerry Judy. 
And if the Seahawks or Packers say, we want three ones, do it. Don't walk away from the do deal it. Do it. because of your first round pick in 2024, which is you're hoping it's pick 29 to 32. Have enough confidence. Just do, say, we're going to be a winning team. The pick isn't going to be worth all that much. I believe in my ability to, to max, like you said, to maximize the later rounds and still yep. find guys who can help right. make the deal. Right. Even it may it may make you blanch. It may make you shudder. But what should make you shudder more is another year trying to get by with band aids at the quarterback position. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? The Avalanche have been on pause for a while now, but if everything goes according to plan, they will be back on the ice just after the new year. And also a lot of teams with playoff hopes kind of in crunch time right now in the nfl week 17 preview on the other side right here on afternoon drive with goodman and mason on mile high sports Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us at You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Don't buy retail, buy wholesale. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Time now for the final word of the 2021. Final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche scheduled to return to the ice on Sunday, January 2nd. That'll be uh, before the next time we have a show. And they're playing the 17-9-6 Anaheim Ducks. If there are no further postponements for either team, it will be the first time Colorado will have a game since December 16th when they lost 5-2 to Nashville. What do you expect the Avs to look like after over a two-week hiatus? Rusty right away. I mean, there's only so much you can do to kind of stay in playing shape, stay in playing mode. I, I expect at least the first game back to be kind of clunky. And if you just get a, get a win, it might be an impressive win. I think that you, you take that and, and walk away. That That's usually what we've seen from teams coming off of these hiatuses that Hiatus, the plural hiatus is a hi- hiatus is, right? Yeah. It's not hiatus I, um, or hiatai, anyway. But what we've seen from these teams that have had these long strikes, and we saw from the Avs even last year, like first game back, they didn't look crisp. They looked they looked out of sorts. Yeah, it's hard to imagine they're going to come back looking sharp. So, listen, the, you're, you're gunning for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Just do a slow build. If they come out slow, so be it. It's all about how you're playing at the end anyway. 
Just in case you missed it, last night, teammate triple-doubles from LeBron James and Russell Westbrook fuel the Lakers' win versus the Rockets in Houston. It's the 13th time in NBA history in which teammates have each recorded a triple-double. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat are the only to do so on two separate occasions. We all know Jokic can get triple-doubles. What teammate of his would you pick to also have a triple-double in the same game if they were to accomplish this feat on the Nuggets? Wow. Mm. Um, Your guy, Will Barton? No, he doesn't pass enough. I know. That's what I mean. But I know how you love you some Will Barton. I don't. That's what I'm being right. ironic. Um, I don't know if they really have a triple-double guy in their roster. I think Aaron Gordon's a double-double guy. Points and rebounds. He's not going to get it in blocks. He's not going to get it in steals. I can't imagine him getting 10 assists. I don't know if they really have somebody. They have a bunch of double-double guys, but I don't think they have triple-double guys. They don't. I mean, Aaron Gordon literally is averaging two assists a night right now. Right. 2.3, actually. Right. Uh, it, it pretty much stops and ends with Jokic. Earlier in the season, it seemed like Michael Porter Jr. was kind of getting the passing going could a little bit. Yeah. So maybe a healthy and ascending Michael Porter Jr. could get there at some point, but remains to be seen. Yep, I agree. Just in case you missed it, some top-tier matchups in the NFL this weekend for Week 17 and several games with playoff implications. What will be the most entertaining contest in Week 17 of the NFL season? Ooh... Good question. Good question. I would, I would help. I need to look up the schedule really fast. <laughs> a couple that stood out to me yeah. uh, were Kansas City and Cincinnati. Yeah, that's as a good well game. As, that's the best game. As well as uh, Arizona and Dallas. How? I mean, what's the Sunday night game this week, by the way? I mean, because it, okay, Green here, Bay, Minnesota. Green Bay, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to move that. The whole. The, what we're finding out this year is a remind. Not finding out, but we're being reminded. That flex scheduling on Sunday night, it wasn't designed to put any game, a great game in willy-nilly. It was only designed to replace a really bad matchup. Like, Washington-Dallas turned out to be a really bad game, but on paper, Washington was still in the playoff mix. But the world would be much better served, the football would be better served if Bengals-Chiefs were the Sunday night game rather than Minnesota-Green Bay. But that's not that's not happening. You mentioned Arizona and Dallas. That That's an, that's an intriguing game. And then... um. Miami Tennessee is interesting as well because Miami does have the win over the Ravens that kind of helped launch them on this current seven game winning streak. But here's the game I think where we find out are the Dolphins for real or was this whole seven game streak mostly a mirage? We're, we're going to learn a lot about Miami by 2 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, I think. I like the, the Chiefs Bengals game, it's fascinating to me. Chiefs need to win, the Bengals are red hot. And the Chiefs defense is playing great, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see how they do against Joe Burrow. I'm curious about Rams-Ravens as well, but we'll see how healthy uh, Lamar Jackson is. Yep. He did not look good. You see the video of him today? Limping pretty he, significantly. Yeah, yeah, and Lamar limping, That's that, that puts the Ravens in DOA spot. All right, that's going to do it for us for 2021. Uh, to all three of you, and I'm going to include Nolan on this because he is not here. Mm-hmm. I, I could not be any prouder and any more privileged to work with Nolan, Alex, you, Danny, and Mace every single day. You make my life easy and an absolute pleasure. Really? You well, do. You, you do as well. And uh, Danny's not going to be happy with me because he asked me to be out right now. So you want to say something, Danny? 
Uh, it's a privilege to work with all of you as well. You were you were told to say that. Not directly. Not but. directly. Indirectly. Make it the best 2021 you can. We'll talk to you in 2022. Oh!